You're listening to The Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means that is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. In today's podcast, we want to look at what the Bible has to say about the fear of the Lord. This is one of the central themes of the book of Proverbs, but it is also a theme found throughout the Bible. It is important for the Christian to learn how to develop a healthy fear of the Lord. This is the big idea in today's podcast. So let's look at Proverbs 9 and verse 10. That's the one verse that we want to start with. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The phrase, the fear of the Lord, is found 11 times in Proverbs, 25 times in the Old Testament. This does not include other phrases like fear the Lord, which is found 51 times in the Old Testament, or fear God, found 28 times in the uh, entire Bible. Are we talking about a religion of fear? Are we talking about scaring people into being good? Isn't a faith based on fear destructive? Isn't it better to get people free from the bondage of fear? Aren't we about getting people free from this bondage of fear? I agree that fear is a poor motivator and a religion of fear is wrong. But Christianity is not a religion of fear. And this whole idea of the fear of the Lord is not promoting any of these false ideas. This is not what the book of Proverbs is talking about. According to the Bible, the only appropriate way to approach a holy God is with fear. It is important that we understand that when we are talking about fearing God as a Christian, we are not talking about being fearful of what he is going to do to us. Those who face God in judgment in their sins without the righteousness of Christ will experience this unhealthy kind of fear. Anybody facing God in their sins will be terrified and fearful of God, and they should be if they face God in their sins. When we talk about fearing God as a Christian, we're talking about a deep, heartfelt reverence or a profound respect and awe for God. Our God is awesome, and anyone who has ever experienced God often speaks of how God is awesome. A person is filled with awe when they experience God. Awe means to be filled with a mixed feeling of reverence, wonder, and dread. However, the word awesome is used today to describe almost anything. For example, we talk about how our carrot cake was so awesome or the scenic view of the mountains was so awesome. His skill at playing the guitar was awesome. In the past, the word awesome was used exclusively to describe God, and only God can be described as awesome. Nothing else comes close to this description. 
the Bible has a lot to say about the fear of the Lord. And so let's examine this subject. The first thing that we discover is that the Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's look at three verses in the scriptures. Proverbs 9 and verse 10, it reads this way, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 1 and verse 7, it reads this way, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commands. His praise endures forever. Let's look at a couple of definitions of the fear of the Lord. That awe of God where we esteem him above everything. That reverence for God that propels us to obediently love and serve him. That admiration of God to hold him in the highest regard. And lastly, to submit, to honor, to adore, to idolize, and to look up to God. We are reminded that the starting point for all true wisdom is the fear of the Lord. If a man wants to be wise, the place to begin is in reverencing God, which of course includes trusting Him and obeying Him. The essence of true wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of God should be the foundation we build our lives on. Those who do not fear God are building their lives on a faulty foundation. If the fear of God is the foundation of our life, that will affect everything that we do and every decision that we make. Our entire direction in life will be based on the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The word knowledge used here is not talking about accumulated information. When we think about knowledge, we think about that accumulated knowledge that we found through books, through our schooling, or through the internet. But when the Bible talks about knowledge, it is knowledge gained from our experiences. The knowledge of the Holy One is not biblical facts about God that we found in theology books or through the preaching of God's Word. In the Bible, men wrote about their experiences with God so that we could enter into our own experience with God. That was the purpose of the writing of Scripture. Don't confuse the knowledge of God with accumulated theological facts about God. When we're talking about the knowledge of God, we're talking about knowledge of Him through our experiences with Him. In contrast with those who fear God is the fool. And Proverbs 1 and 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The word despise used here means to hold in contempt, to belittle, and to ridicule. What is a fool according to Proverbs? There are three Hebrew words translated fool in the book of Proverbs. The first word is the word kasil. This fool is characterized by being close-minded, thick-headed, and stubborn. This is the most frequent word 
translated as fool in Proverbs. It's used 49 times. This kind of fool is short-sighted and rejects wisdom given by others. The second word used for fool in the book of Proverbs is the word nabal. This fool refers to one who lacks spiritual perception. This word is used only three times. And then the last word used for fool is the word eel. This fool is arrogant and superficial, as well as mentally dull. This word is used 19 times in the book of Proverbs. So the fool described in Proverbs 1 and verse 7 is the eel fool, the arrogant superficial fool who rejects and dismisses God and wisdom as unimportant. The fear of the Lord is unimportant to the fool. It is rejected and despised. The knowledge of God is unimportant to the fool. It is rejected and despised. So the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The wise man sees the importance of the fear of the Lord. The fool despises wisdom and instruction. The fool rejects and despises the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Simply put, the fool is one who does not fear God, know God, or acknowledge God. Solomon clearly taught that a belief in God was a necessary prelude to understanding the truth. A fool is one who cannot be told anything. He arrogantly dismisses truth. He is unteachable, conceited, and only learns lessons the hard way, if at all. But the fool despises wisdom and instruction. This is not so much an intellectual problem, it is really a moral failure. In other words, a fool is morally rather than intellectually defective. The fear of the Lord is the most basic ingredient in wisdom. All wisdom depends on the knowledge of God and submission to His will. The fool has rejected the fear of the Lord. Not fearing God is the same as rejecting wisdom outright. Look at what Psalm 101 verse 10 says. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. Obedience is the way to understanding spiritual knowledge. A disposition of obedience is a prerequisite for spiritual understanding. A second major idea that emerges from the book of Proverbs concerning the fear of the Lord is that the fear of the Lord results in blessing. Psalm 128 and verse 1, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. There are a whole list of blessings and benefits to result from the fear of the Lord, but let's look at two of them. The first one is life security and protection. This sounds like a lot more than just two, but all three of these blessings are found in the same verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 19 and verse 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. The New Living Translation reads this verse this way, Fear of the Lord gives life, security, and protection from harm. The fear of the Lord is the pathway to life. 
the one who has it has every reason to feel secure because he will not be overtaken by evil. A healthy fear of the Lord leads to eternal life, but also includes an abundant, blessed, earthly life. Jesus said it in the New Testament this way, in John 10.10, I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. The life that Jesus gives us affects our life here and now, and extends into eternity. The fear of the Lord leads to life, life on earth and life in heaven. Another scripture in Proverbs tells us, the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Proverbs 10 and verse 27. Long life for the righteous and an early death for the wicked is a common theme found in the book of Proverbs. The Bible does not promise this will always be the case. There are always exceptions, but usually the righteous will live longer than the wicked because they live their lives according to God's wisdom. Here are a couple of examples of scriptures and Proverbs that promise long life. Proverbs 3 and verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. The her used in this verse is wisdom. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Solomon appeals to us as his sons to respond to wisdom. To live according to biblical wisdom will bring long life. Proverbs 9 and verse 11. For by me, that is wisdom, your days will be multiplied and years of life will be added to you. To live according to biblical wisdom will bring long life. Proverbs 3 and verse 2, For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Again, speaking of wisdom bringing length of days and long life. Proverbs 4 and verse 20 to 22, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Not only does biblical wisdom bring us long life, but it also brings us good health. Righteous living contributes to a person's health and longevity, according to these verses. Long life is promised to those who live according to biblical wisdom. The fear of the Lord leads to life. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. In Proverbs 5 and verses 16 and 17, we have a contrast between a life lived in the fear of the Lord and a life lived without. It says there, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Better is the dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. Here we have a contrast made with the words better and then. Wealth with strife is contrasted to godliness with contentment. The picture here is a wealthy person who is troubled and conflicted, contrasted with a quiet contentment that comes from a life lived in the fear of God. The wealthy person does not have the fear of the Lord, and the contented man with little does have the fear of the Lord.
The New Testament says it this way, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. A righteous man satisfied with his personal circumstances is worth all that money can buy. These scriptures talk about the life of blessing that comes from the fear of the Lord. Moffat translates Proverbs 15 and verse 17 this way, Better is a dish of vegetables than the best beef served with hatred. A plate of vegetables in an atmosphere of love is better than the best cut of roast beef served with strife. Vegetables represented the diet of the poor, while meat was eaten by the rich, usually during special celebrations. The fatted calf is one that has been raised in a stall and given the best feed. The tender and delicious meat from a fatted calf served in an atmosphere of conflict and strife cannot really be enjoyed. All that this world has to offer can't compare to a life lived in the fear of the Lord. Security and protection are two other blessings that the fear of the Lord brings. Proverbs 14 verses 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, to turn one away from the snares of death. This scripture tells us that fearing God provides security and protection against the attack of evil. The man who fears the Lord has every reason to have a strong confidence, because the man who fears the Lord has God on his side. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8 and verse 31. The answer to this question is obvious. An evil plan or agenda contrived against a Christian will not succeed. This doesn't mean that the Christian will not experience adversity or failure or defeat. However, failure and defeat for the Christian is never the end of the story. The scriptures tell us that the enemy can't thwart the eternal purposes of God for the Christian, that the enemy can't ultimately prevail or triumph over the Christian when God is on our side. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Verse 26, this scripture goes on to tell us and his children will have a place of refuge when evil attacks. The enemy will often attack those that we love to get at us, but the Bible addresses this issue. God will protect our family. God will protect the ones that we love. Proverbs 14 and verse 26 talks about evil in terms of attacking the Christian. In the next verse, Proverbs 14 and verse 27, it talks about evil in terms of attracting the Christian. Evil not only attacks us or our families, but evil also attracts us. Evil attracts us to sin against God. The fear of the Lord protects us from the attacks of evil and the attractions of evil. The man who fears the Lord will be able to resist the attractions of sin because he has something both stronger and better than what evil has to offer him. The fear of the Lord is a source of spiritual strength, enabling one to avoid the snares of death. 
we are able to escape the danger and the entrapment of evil through the fear of the Lord, because it is our protection and security. Life, security, and protection comes to those that fear the Lord. Now let's look at a second blessing and benefit that results from the fear of the Lord, and that is freedom from evil. Proverbs 3 and verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The New Living Translation says it this way, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn your back on evil. A person who is aware of and sensitive to God stays away from evil. Why? Because the person has a healthy fear of the Lord. We are not talking about an unhealthy fear, such as the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of punishment, or the fear of disappointing others. The fear of the Lord is experienced within the context of a love relationship that can't bear hurting God by sinning against Him. Wisdom consists wholly in the fear of the Lord and departing from evil. In Proverbs 16, verse 6, it says, In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. This verse is talking about dealing with our personal sin when we do sin. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Jesus is that atonement provided for iniquity. Jesus died in our place to atone for our sins. We confess our sin and we seek God's forgiveness through Christ. And our sins are atoned for through Christ. The second part of this verse talks about staying clean from evil. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. We stay clear of evil. We are kept from or avoid evil by the fear of the Lord. The fear of God turns a person away from evil. In Proverbs 8 and verse 13, it says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. A profound love and respect for God means turning away from all that God hates. We are given four things that God hates here in Proverbs 8 and verse 13. Pride, arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse talk. Those who fear God will hate what God hates. One more verse of scripture, Job 28, 28. And to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. God has said here, the essence of wisdom is to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord is to depart from evil and live according to God's standards. We positively fear God, honor Him and submit to Him. We negatively depart from evil. We hate and forsake evil and sin. These two ideas are often placed side by side in Proverbs, fearing God and departing from evil. So to summarize what we've talked about so far, we began by talking about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. 
Then we talked about the blessings and benefits of the fear of the Lord. Life, security, and protection, and freedom from evil. Now we want to talk about the importance of seeking, learning, cultivating, and teaching the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord must be sought, learned, cultivated, and taught. Proverbs 2, verses 4 and 5. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Here in these verses, the her that is referred to is again wisdom. What we need is the same kind of drive that men have in mining silver or searching for hidden treasure. The tragedy is that too often men show more zeal in acquiring material wealth than seeking spiritual riches. In our search for wisdom, we will find God because God is true wisdom. Those who are eager to really know God will not be disappointed. Those who search for God will find him. Anyone who cries out for understanding will find the knowledge of God. Notice how these verses tie these two concepts together, the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord. When we find one, we find the other. To find the knowledge of God is also to discover the fear of the Lord. The knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord are clearly represented in Scripture as the most valuable thing that a man could ever discover. When we talk about the knowledge of God, again, we are referring to an understanding of God through experiencing Him. To have the fear of the Lord is to have an intimacy with God that we will do anything to preserve and protect. All of Solomon's wisdom is summarized in these words found in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. The ESV reads it this way. The end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. We are whole or complete when we fear God and obey his commandments. The wisest man in the world concluded that the best thing that we can do in life is to fear God and keep his commandments. Life is totally profitless without knowing God. Let's look at Proverbs 1 and verses 20 to 29. We won't take the time to read all of these verses, but I want to summarize this because this portion of scripture is talking about wisdom. First of all, we have the call of wisdom talked about in verses 20 and 21. Verse 20 begins this way, wisdom calls aloud. In verses 22 to 24, we have the refusal of wisdom. Verse 24 says, I have called and you refused. That kind of summarizes those three verses. And then in verses 25 to 27, we have the consequences of refusal. Part of verse 25 reads this way, because you disdained all my counsel. And then it goes on to talk about the consequences that come with refusing wisdom. And then in verses 28 and 29, we have the conclusion. Let's read these verses. 
Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So the condemnation to these fools is that they hated wisdom's instruction, and they stubbornly refused to fear the Lord. I will not answer, wisdom says. When fools despise wisdom, they must face the consequences of their choice. Wisdom will not respond. Their hatred for wisdom arose out of their refusal to fear God. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. In the law of Moses, Israel was instructed to fear the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 and 2. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you have crossed over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I commanded you, you and your sons and your grandsons, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Deuteronomy 10 and verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? And then Deuteronomy 10 and verse 20. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast. Israel was commanded to fear the Lord. As a Christian, we are to fear the Lord. This is something that we can learn, cultivate, and teach others. Moses taught Israel in Deuteronomy that they were to learn to fear the Lord. The people of Israel were to learn to fear the Lord by studying the law. Deuteronomy 31 verses 12 and 13. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the strangers who are within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law, that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. The kings of Israel were to learn the fear of the Lord by studying the law. Deuteronomy 17 verses 18 and 19. Also it shall be when you sit on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes. All the leaders of Israel were to fear the Lord and to rule in the fear of the Lord. David was told that he was to rule as the king of Israel in the fear of the Lord. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spoke to me. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of the Lord. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 3. David was to rule over God's people with this reverent respect and awe for God. This would make him a just ruler of his people. 
As leaders, we need to remember this. We are to serve others in the fear of God. This is what a Christian leader is called to do, to serve others in the fear of God. Israel was also commanded to fear the Lord and teach their children to fear the Lord. This scripture refers back to the time when God gave the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 10. Especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. David speaks of teaching the fear of the Lord. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. That's Psalms 34 and verse 11. Jeremiah condemned his generation because they failed to fear God. Jeremiah 5 and verse 24. They do not say in their hearts, Let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain both the former and the latter in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. With emphasis on they do not say in their heart, let us fear the Lord. The Bible says that the wicked have no fear of God. Psalm 36 and verse 1, an oracle within my heart concerning the transgressions of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. This verse is quoted in part in the New Testament by Paul. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3 and verse 18. Here the Bible is talking about a person who has a complete and utter disregard for God in his life. They give no time or attention to God at all in their life. They have no fear of God. This story is told of George Washington. In the early years of the Republic, a stranger once asked at Congress how he could distinguish George Washington. He was told, you can easily distinguish him when Congress goes to prayer. Washington is the gentleman who kneels. We have heard of people who read their Bible on their knees as a sign of fear and respect for God, or even those who pray on their knees as a sign of fear and respect for God. This is one way that those people have sought to cultivate a healthy fear of the Lord. We have learned that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that the fear of the Lord brings God's blessings and that the fear of the Lord must be sought, learned, cultivated, and taught. Let's pray. Father, I want to honor and reverence you. Teach me how to learn and cultivate the fear of the Lord in my life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and I want to walk in your wisdom. Ancient Israel was commanded to fear the Lord. I want to learn to walk in the fear of the Lord as they did. Lord, help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.